Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's your second dose of the SC Report for Round 9. Uh, we had Teamless Tuesday yesterday. This week, it's all about trades and captains, all the usual Wednesday gear, and him here with Lakey. How are you, mate? Doing great, mate. The pants are off. I've got a raging um, <laughs> storm happening outside, so I apologize to all the listeners for all the pitter-patter that you can hear in the background, but it is what it is. We, Love it, mate. We persevere. Adds to the mood, I reckon. It's a gloomy start to the Supercoach year for you and I, but I think it's always on the up because we've got a few uh, interesting candidates for our own sides this week. It's going to be a fun one to talk through. We're going to go through the front row rotation. You've got a couple of issues in there that we might need to fix. Uh, it's the Mr. Fix-It's coming in. It should be the what don't we do. Uh, but we'll talk through some of the front row forwards on the bubble this week. We'll also talk about the halves issues. So looking into the crystal ball for round 13, is there anyone in that elusive halfback spot that we should be keeping? an eye on talk a little bit about what to do with josh schuster so you don't own him but i do and a few people are looking at him as possible moving on option over the coming weeks so just what to do with him and then we'll finish uh with a couple of guys on the bubble some cheapy targets for this round and going on into next in round 10 and then we'll finish with the what not to do segment who we're captaining and who we're trading this week looking forward to it lakey i reckon we're going to do it uh short and sweet we don't don't usually do it but uh what's your over under for time let's go with 35 and then I'll donate 35 minutes and then I'll donate again that might be taken up by the entire uh, JT outro song but nonetheless we'll kick on hey 35 minutes I'd love it because uh, there's as we said there's a few talking points but not a huge amount I think uh, yeah, it's not a not a huge trade week it's a few interesting questions uh, of course before we go on we had last night's pod we talked a little bit about some of the ratings that people have left us some of them a little kinder than others some Broncos fans not too happy but as we said if you want to get into the booth for the JT weekend rap pod on a Sunday later this season please leave us a review on iTunes. Always good to see what the punters think of us. A couple of ones here. Obviously, the song Eccles 18 loves it. Uh, the advice is great, but only listens for the Cowboys Man song at the end. Lakey, you've been telling me not to play it. The people want it. The people or that one punter that's n- no longer in my good books. Love your Eccles 18. Love your work. Uh, Russ Towling, a spiffingly good, spiffingly good listener that often raises a hearty chortle. (laughs) A spiffing pod. Love it. There's your hearty chortle of your own there. How good. And finally, your dad's review. Uh, Always good to get advice from a fellow cowboy man. There's a lot of cowboy support out there. Who'd have thought? Absolutely. Ye F and Ha and Amy Satchel. Thanks for all your work on the pod. Reflective, much improved podcasters, loyally committed to uh, certain teams, including the Cowboys. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, we're diehards, mate where you haven't won since 01 and it feels about that long ago for me 2015 uh still a fair way away but anyway we're onwards and upwards with nrl with sc report and with Supercoach, of course lakey 
you asked me at the start of the day to sort your front row out. What's going on? It's just woeful at the moment, mate. I've got Tino there as my uh, front row two, um, who hasn't been playing, so I've had to rely on Ryan James, who has been a big pile of crap. Um, and then on the bench, I've got Yatoika, Manu, and Spencer Lenio. So um, I just need to can someone and get someone decent in. So I'm... I've, I've tweeted out last night and I said, who am I bringing in? I've been looking at um, Payne Haas as, you know, the premier prop for the super coach. So I've been looking at him for a few weeks, but we're getting close to that round 13 origin period. So if I bring in Payne Haas, I'm going to have him for a month maybe, and then he'll miss two to three games, possibly more if he's rested over that time. Um, so I'm just getting a bit of cold feet on that option. His teammate TPJ has been killing it, and there's a couple other guys around the and the around the premier sort of price point. So I need help, and I'm I'm going to my co-host here. Um, Someone worse than you? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Just tell me what I should not do. Throw enough darts at the board, mate. One a little stick. All right, let's go through them then. You you did list out a few of your own, and I've even added some to the mix here. So we'll list them firstly, and then go through one by one. Obviously, it's a it's a hot topic because front row has not been profitable unless you're effing IPAP. And I just before we go yeah. any further, we're just not going to talk about it. I can't Surely, afford it. If- There's no way yep. in the world I can get up to that. So I just um, I'm going to pretend he doesn't exist. The pain is less that way. So um, out of sight, out of mind. Surely he's got to stop scoring or setting him up. I don't know what I've it said is that in the water. Yep, love it. Uh, yeah, Maddo's back and he's, he's still finding his way into the 80-minute rotations. Anyway, IPAP, as you said, he's, he's far too expensive right now. If you've still got the money for him and you love what you're seeing from him, absolutely go for him. But we're talking about uh, the poorer options in the front row world. We've got Payne Haas, you mentioned him at the top. Premium option, TPJ, another one who's bounced back after a slow, weird start, erratic start at stage of the year. Dave Clemmer, your boy from the Knights, JFH, Fisher-Harris for the Pennies, and TKO. They were the names you listed. Tucker, you heard that last uh-huh. one there. Uh, they were the ones you listed. I've dug around the traps. I was doing some of the, a bit of my own research for the front row for my own team. Matty Lodge, obviously, 365K. Blake Laurie, 355. Joseph Paulo, we said last night he was on a bit of a down stretch, 424K. Possible orange origin risk, and burn Murdoch Masilla. Burn, burn? Masilla, yeah. as it were. No, he's, he'd <laughs> burn me if I try to get him in. He's out this week through HIA, so there's no point even looking at him. Uh, three, lovely three sixty one k and Luke Thompson uh, under the radar sort of front row offering there four ninety four k. So okay, we've listed them all out. Uh, those other names that I've mentioned there, they're ch- obviously the cheaper sort of. Options. So let's go through top to bottom. Payne Haas. Uh, we've talked about him. We haven't had to think about him since, well, at the start of the year anyway. We had about a month uh, to worry elsewhere. But Payne Haas, he's come back. He's not set the world on fire. I think having a look at some of his scores and comparing them to the other front rowers that we've just mentioned there, he's definitely higher in terms of minutes. I think that's you know, that our plus mark. It's not quite the 80 that we used to see from him, but he's still getting a fair bit done out there. Big concern for me at 600k odd price tag is I don't know whether he's got the ceiling that he once did. Uh, he's thrown one offload in five weeks. Uh, now, I know when he first burst onto the scene, he was just the tackle-busting offloading machine. Has he been told to put it away or something? don't know. And um, I think um, TPJ is playing that more expansive game. So, maybe Haas is just getting through the work now. He's gone close to a couple of breaks. I know over the last couple of weeks, he looked dangerous last week and the week before against Parramatta. He looked like he was going to um, score at some stage, but hasn't quite got there. Like you said, he's got a top of 78 so far this year. Um, 
and a and a low of fifty five. So it's a low um, variation between his scores. But yeah, just he seems like a very vanilla, very safe kind of play, which is it's fantastic. It's kind of what I want in a front rower. But you want them to have a great floor and even better ceiling. So um, yeah, the big one for me is the origin. I, I know he's going to be in sky blue. So. Um, is his scoring over the next month and then possibly in between the origin periods going to offset him missing a couple of games? And the way he's going at the moment, it doesn't appear to. No, not really. With a 66-point-per-game average, he's, he's definitely up the top end of in terms of averages when you're not Isaiah Papali, who's just killing Shut it. But up. Yeah, I know. He's just too... Oh, it's so annoying. Anyway, uh, Payne Haas, I think, as you said, meat and potatoes kind of player in terms of super coach. But, you know, if you're, I reckon if you're a top 1K player and you're wanting to consolidate that ranking, grabbing a guy like Payne Haas is almost a no-brainer. Um, he's not the risk that some of the other guys we've spoken about. Uh, you know, long term, he's a definite hold and yeah. at a regular play. Like, there's there's no doubting his ability. And as we said, he might just be warming into it. Um, so I'm not too sure. Just a yeah. Quick question: What if you're a top 15k player? <laughs> Are you top 15k? No, I just wanted to know. If it- yeah, well, well, the top 15K, maybe we'll go to some of the other options. Um, maybe we'll do it in order. So, I've actually ranked him third out of the list of five names that you've given me. So, we'll go to number five and Dave Clemmer, uh, bottom of the rung here for me. He has just not been good this year. 50% of his games are over uh, 60 points or more, which is ordinary. For a front rower that normally uh, kills it, well, the last couple of years, he's averaged almost, I think, 65 plus, mm-hmm. uh, 19 and 20. So, definitely had a bit of a form turnaround the last couple of years since moving to you guys. But for whatever reason, this this year, he's just been erratic, I think is the, the name of the game for him. His minutes are all over the shop. Um, his, in terms of his attacking ability, uh, you know, last year you watch him and he, every play he ran, he was throwing an offload yes. or wanting to. Yes, he was dangerous. Thrown, I think just, what's- Just the one offload or, ga- or one per game, which is very low for his liking. What seems to have held him back is- might have been the Dragons game. He suffered a busted knee and he looked like he was going to be out for a while, but- um, so he does have some knee issues, like ongoing knee issues, and he's playing through pain and whatnot. But um, the first month of the year, he was at close to 65 minutes a game and pumping out 60s for fun. Then he went through that slow patch after the Dragons game. So I'm thinking it's possibly got to do with the knee. He was back at 60 minutes last week against the Chooks and pumped out a 58. Um he is only four hundred and seventy-six k now, which is yeah, wow, that's very cheap for drop. someone of his caliber. Um, started the year at you know six hundred plus, so it's just um, yeah, it's it's tempting, but I'm just not sure the way that my boys played last week. I don't know if I can keep watching Newcastle players in my Supercoach side. <laughs> I mean, Connor Watson and uh, Bradley are doing their job. Uh, your boy Pong is surely going to turn around this week. He looks good. Just having a look at last. He looks good, have but he's at- not scoring well. <laughs> having a look at last year's scores for Clement, it was the middle of the year that he really did his damage, 70 points. So, uh, 70 points per game compared to then 54 to close out. Uh, well, it was just two games, 19 to 20 last season. But he did fade away a little bit towards the back end as an owner. 
from last year. So, was watching out. I think from round 15 onwards, he's similarly lost the offload. So, I don't know what it is, uh, whether it's just a style of play thing, um, what have you. But, yeah, for whatever reason, I'm just not liking what I see from Clemmer. And maybe it's this injury thing, but if it's a niggle that he's going to carry for yeah, a while, I think it's some sort of ongoing niggle. So, it's just more of a pain management thing. Um, but, yeah, it is a concern. What... Th- do we think he plays Origin? He's been out of the – he wasn't in the side last year and um, I don't think he was in the year before that either. So, he looks to be on the outer. I mean, well, Junior Paulo, wasn't he there last year for the Blues? Like, he hasn't been in the greatest of form. So, maybe he isn't that far away. Yeah, potentially. Someone will be partnering half, surely. But, um, I mean, obviously. But don't know if it's going to be Clemmer. Hmm. Um, that moves me to number four, TKO. And he was a very popular trade out last week, obviously named on the bench. He was going to lose some minutes and he did, but he still managed to line break assist through an offload and I think a TC as a result. So he nabs, uh, I think, 60 odd points to salvage his score. He finds himself at 100 break even this week. So he is still a trade out if you're looming that way. Um, you know, I've held on to him on the proviso that he goal kicks but based on how sam walker's going do you think he ends up losing that to him yeah maybe and it might just be a continuity thing too because sam walker's gonna be playing 80 minutes for the most part Mm. um but takiaho we know as a prop has big stretches where he's on the bench so if they want to just keep sam walker potnam while he's on the field maybe takiaho does lose it and then he sort of loses that bonus appeal seven points per game it's uh, allowed for him in terms of his average so far this season having the goal kicking so suddenly losing that he drops if we're excluding his injury affected game against the dragons that suddenly drops him from around a 66 67 to a 60 which is still okay but Sensible, um but yeah not what you want from yeah yeah probably no, if and I, I put think- him in he'd be my front row one sort of thing so you'd be wanting a bit more from that type so, I think, if anything, I reckon Tico as a hold. I think he'll be pretty good coverage for that round 17 by a week, which we kind of do tend to forget about uh, when we're targeting so heavily 13. And, and given the fact we've got, as you, you said, you've got Lenny, uh, you've got Otokamanu, those sort of guys who will play 13. Uh, so, you can comfortably feel the side there. So, a guy like Takiyaho could be very handy in that round 17 week because he obviously won't play Origin. So, I had him down at number four, maybe losing the goal kick in some of those stats might push him to number five. Number three, Payne Haas, we've spoken about him. So we'll go to Fisher-Harris, number two. And it's it's not a good list here, I've got to say. Fisher-Harris finding himself to number two. I've been frustrated with him as an owner so far this year. I think he just looks so intense in games and he gets through a hell of a lot of work in the first 30 minutes. And then he comes off and then the game's basically over by the time he comes back. That's just how the Panthers have That's the played so That's the problem with year. the Panthers. They, they can quickly blow out games and then the forwards are just not needed it's your outside backs and your halves that are doing all the damage and the big guys can take an early shower and just watch the magic unfold so yeah he's um again started the year really well he threw in a 90 there against manly a couple weeks ago but um has dropped off a bit since yeah, it's it's weird. His minutes have been okay, so still floating around that 50 mark. I really expected an, up, an uplift from him at the start of the season, so I figured with a guy like Leniu, uh, Moses Leota, those sort of guys, Eisenhuth, in that rotation, he'd get a fair bit bigger stint, but I mean, they're, they're just pre- preserving him. It's a long season. Uh, he won't miss any of the origin matches either, so he's going to have to pull his weight for the majority of the year, so you'd think... Um, 
yeah, going forward, this is probably where he's likely to sit in terms of his output. Thing with him is, though, just being part of that Penrith side opens him up to a lot more attacking stats. So the 90 that you mentioned against Manly came via an offload try assist um, on the line to, I think, Leota, some other front rower. And, uh, you know, that took him from his 60-odd that he normally averages to that 90. So that's this sort of blink of an eye uh, thing that he can do. I think much like... Pass. He's, he's there, he gets his work done. I think his minutes are just going to be lower. Um, price is right, though, for him. So there's a couple of upside things, upside plays for him, uh, for me. But he's a frustrating one to own because it just looks like he could do so much more. So I don't know. Are you willing to have more frustration in your side, mate? No. I just say, as I said, I've got enough frustration across the park. If I'm going to get in a premier front rower, I just want to be able to sort of sit back and not worry about the position for a few weeks. 508k and jewel. That's probably why I have him so high in my list. I'm definitely holding as an owner. Number one, mate. And who'd have thought I wrote, wrote to this guy off completely when it looked like Kevin Walters fell way out of favor. But Pangai Jr., TPJ, the most, uh, well, he's an enigma of a super coach and NRL player. Some weeks he just goes ballistic. Other weeks he just uh, gets suspended or gets subbed off the field weirdly. But I think he's found a home in that second row spot playing 80-odd minutes. Got the motor to do it, and over the last few weeks, has definitely shown what he can do. 71 last week, you know, a route against the Titans, but before that, he was hitting 100 against Parramatta. He had a 60 against Penrith. And then earlier in the season, when he was uh, coming off the bench and just impact more than anything, 79 at 100. So he's got the biggest ceiling of all of these guys, I think it's safe to say. Uh, so, you know, I've got him in there, 560K. I reckon he's probably your safest bet in terms of, as you wanted, a high ceiling, low floor kind of player, particularly now he's named at second row. Is there anything that you would, would give you trepidation outside of the fact he's a hothead? Uh, anything that, that would give you trepidation about owning it? That he is a massive hothead and he's a su- suspension risk at any given time. I don't think, like, you'd only look to last week. He looked like he was going to kill for feeder at some stage. And if he had it connected on some big hit, then he's missing a few weeks. But no doubt in what he can do. And as I said, I tweeted out to the loyal fans and listeners and whoever else that would bloody read my dribble everyone, um, everyone. to say who am I bringing in and close to 75% voted for TPJ. Um, so mm. he looks like the sheer favorite. We know he can go big. He has an affinity for the try line. He loves to get over and blah, 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 blah. He's also the most highly owned of the lot. He's at 18, close to 19% owned. Um, second only to ice. So, um, that shot up from 12K last week to now uh, 20, yes, that's right. 24.7K so, owners, huge. Yeah, so he's he's on a hot streak, obviously, and everyone wants to be a part of it. So it's less of the pod option, which is going to help me climb back up. But, I mean, if he's the best option, he's the best option. Um, if I choose a pod option and they fail, then I'm dropping further. So it's a, it's a little bit of uh, catch-22 there. Uh, just having a look at his matchup as well this week, Cowboys. He loves playing against us, whether it's that rivalry with Taumalolo, uh, whatever it might be, it just seems to spur him on. He does grubby stuff. He, he gets out there, he plays plays hard. And we're obviously coming up against them this week in Townsville. Over his last five games against us, 88, 71, 70, 65, and 71. So obviously very serviceable when it comes to uh, playing against the Cows. So I think if you're going to bring him in for a matchup play this week, break even 33, I don't think he'll disappoint unless he tries to take Lolo's head off and get suspended for three weeks, which 
you know, as every chat. So yeah. <laughs> I think it's weighing up that risk there. But I think in terms of Supercoach long term, he's my number one trading target for this week. I've brought him in myself, so I hate doing it. But my Supercoach team doesn't have a no dickhead policy. Uh, apart so, from the coach. You know, yeah, <laughs> the, the chief dickhead. Uh, so anyway, I've got him in. I think he's a he's a good play. So he's my number one for your front row, Lakey. Does that solve the dilemma? Yeah, it's hard to argue. He's been killing it. Um, and as I say, his floor at the moment seems to be high 60s, low 70s. So it's, yep, I think it's um, the way I'm trending. The other one, and I wanted to ask you, and we spoke about it a little bit yesterday, but you are obviously a massive cowboy fan um, have you heard yeah. it, it has um filtered down through the podcast it it comes out every now and then um but ex-cowboy josh mcguire um jesus yeah i know i know it's it makes me sick to even consider it but uh robbie m on twitter said to me small sample size but josh mcguire has gone very well since joining the Dragons. He's only 506K, dual front row, second row, and he plays 13. So I went, what are you talking about? Is Josh McGuire your mental? But had a look. 55, 73, and 65 in his three games since jumping ship to the Dragons and making them lose games as opposed to the you boys. Um, Love it. Is he an option? He played 80 minutes no, last week at Lock. No. <laughs> No. Yeah. No, he's just going out there. He's all fake hustle. He's trying to impress. He's in a new jersey. He's trying to win the fans over and all that. He's just one eye gouge away from suspension. I just don't like him. I just think he's not. I don't like him either, but as you said, no dickheads policy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. But, I mean, three offloads in one game, none in the others. All Last week was just all base. And it was weird. The Dragons just lost so much ball. They were doing so much tackling. A guy like Maguire was going to get a lot of that done. But long term, he's just not. He's not a good option in Supercoach. He's not long-term hold. Um, you know, the Dragons, they are playing the first bye weeks. I mean, he's handy enough coverage, but we've just talked about three or four options who are, I've got to say, streets ahead of him. I mean, he's just he's just too pedestrian in this day and age. Uh, he's come out with a point to prove in the new Dragon side, and I just think it's inflating his stats a fair bit. I don't know what the 80 minutes was last week. He got a starting spot. Obviously, the injury to Zach Lomax shuffled some things around, but that's got to have helped him there. I can't see that repeating itself, can you? No, I'd say I missed the game, so I I didn't see it in its entirety, so I just don't know how he's being used or whether it was a pack shuffle or something like that that resulted in the 80 minutes, but he's been named at 13 again, so um, it did catch my eye. The other thing I I mean, I, I can't stand it, and I can't, and I don't like the fact that I'm seriously considering it. But 45 break even, if I just played, like, rode him out for a couple of weeks through the bye week, um, he could be a straight swap to Takiyaho on the other side for the run home. So there's an option there, but as you said, it's it's not even worth having him in your team and not being able to look at the northern half of my side would be. Mate, he's a curse in the NRL. He's going to be a curse your super coach team. You're going to go to 20K plus if you bring Josh McGuire in. In fact, I mean, it sounds like a statement. me out of it. <laughs> Please. Moose, he's no longer a cowboy. No longer have to pretend to like him. Um, he's gone. The the witch is dead, whatever you might want to say. But anyway, Josh McGuire, pod option of all pod options, 1% owned. Like... Whatever. If you want to infect your side with this bloke, then then go ahead. I think he'll nab your 60 every now and again, but you'll have to actually watch him and try and cheer for it. You'll just hate it. No, I just won't do it. I'm not catching any yeah. Dragons games anytime soon. Love it, mate. All right, let's move on to the halves, the next big issue of the week. 
I didn't want to play the Cowboys, man. Uh, <laughs> interim song there, mate. But I will. Maybe I will. You will. Uh, halves issues. So, firstly, I, I, we'll talk a little bit about Josh Schuster here before we move on to the half spot only. But Josh Schuster, you don't own him, so obviously this hurts every time I bring his name up. But he's obviously been one of the cheapies of though. the year. Doesn't know. I've got to take a small win, uh, having got on him like basically everyone except you. So Schuster, he's currently up to five hundred and six k. He's been killing it for Manly, uh, quite ish week last week in a bit of a rout uh, against uh, some decent opposition. But coming up to this week, he's got a day game against the Warriors. He's got a break even of 56. You'd think he'd clear that based on past history. But going long-term, 5-8 uh, spot can have some pretty handy options. One of them's Cam Munster, um, Cody Walker, if you don't have him, SJ as well, who's looming as an option later in the year. So Josh Schuster is kind of in the way at the moment, but still not doing a terrible job. So maybe I'll throw it to you, mate. What would be your play if you were to own him? Break even 56 this week he's made a stack of cash uh are you moving him on now or are you just saving it until you need to at round 13 yeah i'd potentially even hold he's um it depends on your makeup of the other halves um you're going to be losing cleary everyone's on cleary you're going to lose him for Mm. origin obviously um but it depends who else you're running with say if you've got a connor watson and maybe a jerome luai or sorry that that doesn't work because they're both in five eight but you know, if you've got someone else there who's actually going to play and you can cover Schuster, then it's not the worst option just to hold him because he will end up playing round 17. Um, and it's a safe trade if you just hold on to him. But, yeah, if you're going to move him, I reckon just ride it out for a couple more weeks. He's going to give you some handy scores. You're not going to lose too much money from what he's already made you. And um, and, and he's a, a play option on any given week depending on matchups or – um, suspensions to anybody else in front of you. So, um, uh, who do they play over the next couple of weeks is another big question. Warriors, Broncos, Para, Knights, Cows, Titans, Bulldogs. Good so run. Yeah, not a not a bad run, is it? No. Especially with Tommy Turbo back, and I, I just love the way he seems to link up uh, with him out on that right, uh, that left side. So, I think. Yeah, the, the fact Turbo's arrived in this side and, and you've seen the impact, obviously, last week against Penrith was a bit of a down one. But long term, if you look at him, he's got a top six average for five eights. Yeah, exactly mm-hmm. right. And you said Overall. last week against Penrith was a down one. He still put 50 plus on the board. So mm-hmm. I'm taking that from a five eight as a down week any given, any any day. Well, you, are, you aren't taking no, it. No, I, I wouldn't. No, are. that's exactly right. Everybody else who is not me and is is pretty good at this game will be happily taking 50 plus. Love it. Well, I think much like uh, TKO for me in, in terms of being around 17 play, Schuster's definitely in that mould for me as well. So um, I reckon I'll be holding him for the long term, just like that average. And some of the guys I mentioned, so Cam Munster, very weird year. Uh, some weeks you just expect him to go massive, but it's not. It's Jerome Hughes or Nico Hines, Papenhausen. To be fair, Munster would have cracked double ton if he could kick straight last week. Fair play. Jeez, that was a funny highlight reel, wasn't it? Um, that would have been a frustration for owners. Even then, he still started the game real slow. It was just a, I don't yeah. know, I, I'm finding it hard to get a read on him. Obviously, he might come out of origin, a big game player that he is, and find a bit of form in the back end of the year. So, be looking at him then. You mentioned Jerome Bluey. He's equally He's likely to player. win origin and end up in Byron for another month. So, we could lose him could for a while. Be. The, oof, very much a play there. That round 18 resting uh, might be on the cards by Bellyache. But Jerome Luai, he's a bi-week play for round 13. I think he's um, not close to a must-have, but I think a very serviceable player to have in your side 
for that week. You just can you can just see the Penrith side running up a big score. So he'd be a play. But outside of that, really, I think, a, a- yeah, I think with Luai too, if you don't have him. I wouldn't be grabbing him just yet because he is a chance of being selected in origin. Uh, article I read um, just last week said, you know, clear he's going to be there for sure, but the people who are going to be partnering him, the choices between Walker, Luai, and... Yeah, the name escapes me, but he's um, definitely well in the frame. They like what the club combination he has with going with Cleary, so... Um, a very real chance that he won't be there for your side if you want to grab him over the next couple of weeks anyway. Let's move on to the halfback spot here, and it's an interesting one, and I raise it because a lot of people, basically everyone who's doing uh, okay or not in Supercoach has got Nathan Cleary and Sam Walker in the side. You do, mate, before we go on. you, Yeah, okay, good. So you've got both of those guys. They're halfback only, so dual flexibility out the window for these two. Cleary's going to play Origin. Sam Walker won't. Um, is the halfback spot somewhere you're targeting for round 13? Um given it can be quite profitable in those down weeks. Now, talk about a guy like Jerome Hughes last week. He was a guy I targeted every year when he was playing the buys. I think he's uh, just a huge asset to have. The Storm love racking up a score. But uh, Cleary and Walker, they're v- going to be very hard to move on. Firstly, what do you reckon, uh, Crystal Balling, what's your play going to be uh, come that first bye week? Are you going to have both these guys in and just run an AE? Potentially, yeah. They could be my loop option that week. Um it's going to be hard to move either of them on, to be honest with you. Cleary's averaging 95 and Walker's averaging 95. Um, and if you can just get through that first week, Walker's going to end up playing the back, uh, the round 17 by. So, you can save yourself a trade there and end up with an actual playable guy um, as opposed mm. to grabbing a Luke Brooks or, you know, someone equally trash. They're not that bad. They're not that trashy. There's not a lot of names, but we'll go through a couple of them here. Um, I'm probably going the opposite. I I don't want to play it safe. I reckon I'm going to have to target a guy like Jerome Hughes over a Nathan Cleary. You know, just trade in for one or two weeks. Cleary might even get a rest uh, post-origin. Like, you just don't know what what they'll do with him, uh, given he's obviously their prized possession down at Penrith and they're doing so well. So I can see a big resting for him coming up. So I think I've got to target him. Uh, if you're playing it safe in top 1K, uh, all glory to you. I reckon you just uh, keep both of these guys. Don't worry about wasting trades. But if we look at a guy like, uh, firstly, Jerome Hughes, he's my number one. Uh, we'll just talk quickly on some other guys. Tyson Gamble, 181K, did okay for the Bronx last week. Uh, will make some money. Cheapy option if you want to stick him in there. Uh, Mitch Moses, 481K. Uh, yeah, I mean, you talked about Luke Brooks. He's probably on that same level. Flat track bully. Um, we'll be playing a heavily depleted night side, though, in that bye week. So, you know, could be the flat track that he needs to kickstart his season again. Would you be looking at him? Uh, no, I don't think I can trust Mitchell Moses. He had a seven-point game not that long ago. So, he's uh yep. can go missing just as bad as he can actually probably more likely to go missing than he is to put on a big score these days considering the other guys in the side stealing his thunder gutho but um Mm. yeah it's just i don't like a lot of these guys as long-term options you mentioned jerome hughes he'd be one that i'd be um probably at the top of my list as well he can go massive he's done that over the last couple weeks and he'll be without monster uh likely papanels and harry grant so um, they'll be depleted on their in their own right, but he'll be the man that's um, looked to, to to step up and guide the side and and 
lead them to victory. So um, he would be one I'd be interested in, but I don't know whether, for me personally, I don't know whether it's worthwhile cutting Cleary um, to get a Jerome Hughes for just a couple of weeks. Uh, it depends. If you want to, like I've always said, targeting those bye weeks can make a huge difference. So if you've got to take a risk, I don't know. I think moving a Cleary on, it sounds stupid. It's but a huge risk. It's just, just say you're not wrong, it, it is, is an absolute but- huge risk, but... As you said, I think uh, I look back at six or seven years ago and I did the same thing with Thurston and I went, listen, I've got to get rid of him for the origin period. And I think in game one, he came out and he ended up in a wheelchair. Someone took out his knees. Um, mm. So it can work out. It, Origin's a brutal game. Anything can happen at any given stage. But um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to run out of trades if I keep flicking clearies around. Matt Burton is the other name I had down here. So, obviously, a cheaper option alternative to uh, Jerome Luai. And we've seen what he can do uh, when he's got um, that steering that Panthers side around. I think he's pretty handy. He's obviously playing centres now, showing his utility value. But they've got the Tigers at Leichhardt in that Friday uh, round 13 game. So, I think it's going to be an a interesting one for them. They'll only lose, really, Nathan Cleary, Kurt Capewell, I uh, can't think of anyone else who they might be without. So I think Penrith will still be relatively uh, full strength. So having a guy like Burton there just to fill in the gap while Cleary is out could be an easy alternative as well Absolutely. Uh, if you're targeting yeah. matchups. So one to keep in mind there. But I think you won't have to make this call, obviously, until round 13. So a lot of water to come under the bridge there. But currently, for me, Jerome, Jerome Hughes is, is winning that race. And I reckon I'm going to have to pull the trigger if, I, if my season needs salvaging in some capacity heading into then any other thoughts on halves mate before we move on the only other one that sort of jumped out to me was um ben hunt he started the season really well obviously um was went out with a broken leg and was bad last week in his return game um but plays the broncos on that first buy round is he not going to play for us Um, i don't know um if anything it'd be uh utility but do you think he makes the side? I know Harry Grant's going to be there. You've got um, Munster and uh, such and such in the halves. DC, DC. Yeah, there you go. Are we firing him already? No, completely just blanked again. And I'm looking at him right now as a screen. So, um, yeah, so I just don't know. I don't know if he fits in. Hmm. I mean, we've got the likes of Moses Embi that could fill that utility value. So yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Yeah, an interesting matchup, though, against the Broncos. You'd love to see him tear them a new one after all that's gone on between them. So, yeah, another one to keep in mind. And then, obviously, uh, I think a hooker utility as well, So, or dual flexibility. So, I don't know. You've got Josh Maguire. Do you want to get Andrew McCullough in there? Uh, any other ex-Bronco that you want to get? Jesus, the, the Dragons have more Broncos than the Broncos do. What's Lachlan Maranta doing? Hey, what's uh, it's the goat? <laughs> what's Steve Renoff doing? What's uh, what's the other guy? What's Wayne Bennett's uh, son? Darbs. No, oh, Darbs and the other guy, Scott Minto. There we go. Scotty Minto, bring him back. Round 13. We digress. Let's get into the cheapies. On a relative home stretch here, mate, some of the ones on the bubble for this week. Uh, 
keeping our eye on Jake Simpkin. I know he's a cheapie who's just had his first price rise, but it wasn't huge. 54K, uh, quiet game from him last week. He got benched around 45, 50 minutes in, I think it was. Didn't make it back onto the field with Embi playing out the game at hooker. Uh, playing his fourth game, uh, 220K. Is he someone that you'd be bothering with now? Or if you've still got a guy like Connor Watson, Jaden Braley up the top in your hooker spot, are you just foregoing him? Yeah, I would. Um, if you haven't got him in at this stage, I wouldn't be rushing to get him in. Uh, he seems to – he's doing decent work, but he's just getting through the motions, it seems. Um, so, you know, 50 scores seem to be where his, where his um, money range is at the moment, and I don't think he's going to be too much more than that. No, I think unless you're desperate for cash and need to move on to Connor Watson to generate that, I think just give give Simkin a miss and save the trade. Braden Musgrove, one of your boys, and, uh, the Knights center winger, again playing his fourth game like Jake Simpkin and only made 36K last week. Uh, should we be considering him at all? No, I wouldn't. Um, he was going to be cut this week if Edric Lee got up and um, Lee just didn't quite look right at training, so he's... I've been given an extra week to get right, but as soon as he's back, Musgrove's gone. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Alex Safarth for the Tigers, 203K playing his third game. Had a 47 last week, so it's going to see him earn us a little bit of cash. Uh, again, a, a round 13 player, a guy that we should be worrying about. Only second row. Second, uh, row. second row only. Yeah, that's right. I mean... If you've got a Ryan James who just needs to be moved on, um, it could be worthwhile downgrading to get an extra extra bit of cash um, and a bit of price rise. But um, I don't. I didn't see the game. Was he that good that he warrants a trade in? Fair bit of base. I mean, the the Tigers had a lot of ball in that second half when he was on there, and he was uh, trucking it up a fair bit. So you know, nothing really outside of that. A couple of tackle busts. Nothing to get uh, your pants wet over. So uh, how about Sean Bloor? Is he coming back anytime soon? What's the go there? I really hope so. He's named in the 21 this week. So hopefully he can get uh, look in at some stage over the next couple of weeks and and remove Garner as he was supposed to do at the start of the year. But from what I understand, he's playing Reggie's to get some runs in the legs and before making his way back into the team. Would love uh, for anyone that's bought him from the start, hoping that he would find a way in. I can just see it happening like round 13. He'll come in and score like 80-odd. It'll be a heroic play that I didn't get. (laughs) A couple of other ones, Walsh and Berry, both fullbacks only in Supercoach for the Warriors. Uh, Rocco Berry and Reese Walsh, your boy, uh, the most beautiful looking 5'8". my beating heart. 
<laughs> most beautiful looking five eight since Michael Morgan. One hundred seventy three k there, as we said, fullbacks only. I mean, it's a it's, very it's congested, very position. hard to get those guys in. Um, I don't know. Maybe you're still carrying a Pappenhausen who's not back, or a Luttrell who's hanging out. But um, that I don't. I wouldn't be getting these guys. I think fullbacks somewhere you need the double guns. Otherwise, you're falling too far behind. And finally, name it. I've traded in this week. Uh, shout out to the final segment before we get into that. Corey Harawira Naira. So he's 300 odd K. He's playing his third game. 80 minutes. He's finally getting a, a bit of a run in this team after a disrupted preseason. Uh, getting a run maybe in Sticky's good books because everyone else doesn't seem to be. Is he a risk for in that regard given uh, Ricky's just, you know, who knows what's going he's on with the Raiders? Definite risk. Ricky, he's so up and down. That's not what I want to hear. It's, but, I mean, <laughs> Harawira Nara has the uh, runs on the board. He's got the pedigree. Uh, we know he can put up massive scores. He was doing it at Penrith. He was doing it at the Dogs. You know, he was a borderline uh, gun in his day. And he's sort of come back. He had a, I think it was a 45 in his first game after missing mm. close to 12 months. Um and then he he um, he had sixty five last week in what ended up being a, a toweling by the um, bunnies. So plays the Knights this week who just gave up sixty seven. No, they didn't. The who did we play? It doesn't matter. But we're giving up some roosters. Yeah, fifty four per game to um, the Knights, and I Tupanua just had seventy two on us. So. Um, yeah, definitely giving up some really good scores. And um, I reckon Wirinara breaks that 65-70 barrier. If you look at last year, he didn't play a single 80-minute game. So basically all of them off the bench. Uh, he had a final round 75-minute game against the Sharks. And over that time, he didn't score. He scored above, uh, what have we got, 43 just once yeah. in a 69 allel against the Broncos. So this this year, he uh, yeah obviously be, being given a bit more responsibility, in that starting role. It's been a long time coming. Juice may just be filling into the legs. So, I don't know. He's a guy, I think, a fair bit of upside, and he's a risk uh, for, you know, every reason you can think of. But I think just having a look at that, 300-odd K, if we had him at the start of it, like if he was playing at the start of the year, I think he would have been in, in at a lot K, of sides. Exactly right. And say for 300K, there's not a huge amount of risk. You're not bringing him in, you know, another 50 to 100K, and you probably bypass it. But at 300K, you're looking, that's just... Just about basement for this year, uh, stage of the year. Couple of offloads last week, uh, two line break assists and a try assist. So if you take those out of the game, the base is not great. But you know what? He's, he's going to be warming into this. The runs will build, the tackles will build, and hopefully the Raiders will bounce back and there won't be any weird chopping and changing because I'm backing him in. That brings us to the last segment, Lakey. I've just talked briefly about what I'm doing. Well, I've bringing in TPJ and I'm bringing in CHN. So I'm all acronyms. Uh, see you later, Benny Condon. You've been great. See you later, Tino. Held you for a couple of weeks while you've been out, but I think 110 plus break even means you need to go. So those are my two trades. How about you? Uh, also, Tino, and I'm trying what I can do to get rid of Ryan James, but but as I say, he's not been named this week, so it's less of a... Uh, oh, he's 19 jersey. He's there. He's weird. There it's weird. I'd say he'll probably end up coming in at the last minute and screwing me. So I was looking at Skagen as well. And um, I don't know, you were talking me into my front row option, so I've got to make that decision over the next couple of days. But potentially, PPJ might, um, might follow suit. Those who sit in the 18Ks, stick together, mate. We're doing the same trade. 
Jesus. Uh, how about it? If you're going to do any other like wild throw on the dart, do you reckon you'd be um, targeting someone maybe in the center wing or anywhere else that you might be considering a luxury trade? I had considered um, moving Ryan James out and Capewell back up to the second row and, and grabbing a center wing, but I haven't had a serious look at what options there are. Zach yep. is someone who's uh, on the radar as a genuine cheapie, but uh, don't need to make that move until next week. No, not at all, mate. I'd be definitely looking at a guy like Harry Grant for Brayley if I had an unlimited trades and could uh, could do it. I just think he's definitely warming into it. Um, finally, captains, mate. You're the El Capitano uh, extraordinaire on the site. Who are you going, captain, vice-captain? Vice-captain, it's going to be hard to go past the Panther this week, either Toto or Cleary. Got huge runs on the board. So um, coming up against that Sharks side who just gave up a plethora of points to the Storm last weekend. And um, for captains, uh, Kalen Ponga owes me. The Raiders give up points <laughs> to fullbacks. So do I go that way or do I back in for feeder to rebound after his low 65-ish? So, um, yeah, mm. mate. I think if I was a Fafita owner, I'd be... I would be all over a David Feeder captaincy. I mean, they even he came out and got criticised after the game for not being involved. So I think you're going to see it'll be like a hat trick first half. I will be in the mountains. I'll have hopefully no reception. I'll just be deleting team. I'll be deleting apps. I'll be leaving chats. I'll be doing it all until the Cowboys beat the Broncos. Uh-huh. I'll storm it back. Can't wait for uh, yeah that inevitably to happen uh, for me. I'm going uh, turbo. Tommy Turbo, captain, I reckon a day game against the Warriors, dry track, hopefully. He should be uh, doing what Turbo normally does in those sort of games and tunning up, so I can back him in there. And I think Nathan Cleary, yeah, as you said, he's a pretty handy option there at the vice-captaincy. So uh, don't want to use it because I've still got the likes of Staines and Saab in the side, so I'm kind of hoping he doesn't kill him. Hey, man, Saab has been bouncing back with Turbo there. Uh-huh. Pies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the I think he's still had a couple of games of around 40-odd with two tries. So, I mean, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, that's amazing for him. Hmm. Uh, for anyone out there who might not be wanting to play Charlie Staines this week, I've got him on the NPRs, which generally means, because I've only done that like once or twice this year, he's going to go 80-plus. So, back him in. Uh, yeah, big things ahead for Charles Stainsworth. Final word, mate. Anything else before we move on? Nope, nope. <laughs> love it <laughs> all right mate well enjoy uh your weekend i uh, hopefully hopefully we'll be back from the mountains uh yeehawing boot scoot and whatever else happy birthday to my better half she did say i should uh, shout her out there feliz aniversario is your brazo obviously for any brazilian listeners out there in rio sao paulo I'm a shout out to you guys big fan of the brazilians mate so happy birthday source <laughs> happy birthday indeed all right lucky catch you next week buddy Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.